This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. Hey, this is Brendan from Climb the Throne, and you're listening to The Mosh Bit on Sin. Brendan's guitarist and vocalist for Perth metal band Claim the Throne, who will be releasing their fourth studio album, On Desert Plains, on October 13th. They'll also be supporting Winter Sun's Australian Tour in November, playing in Melbourne, and Max Watts on the 2nd. Brendan, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, thanks for having us. You're very, very welcome. Now, this album, you released three before it, it's your fourth. When did you start working on it? When did you guys say, all right, let's start pulling together some ideas, let's start building you know, what will eventually be on Desolate Plains? Well, it was a couple of years ago, actually. Uh, it's been four years since our last album, Forged in Flame. Um, that came out and we toured for probably two years and then started trying to put some new stuff together. Uh, just always sort of gradually writing new songs, but um, I guess, yeah, we started putting them together a bit more seriously after a couple of years and we recorded it pretty much ourselves as well so it's been a gradual process in the home studios um, and we did finish it a fair while ago sort of like 12 months ago and um, just sort of had a bit of a delay in the release of the album um, we just didn't want to rush it this time and uh, make sure we had a bit of a, a decent release campaign strategy and all that stuff so um, yeah here we are latest and starting, I guess. In terms of the DIY, why do you guys take that approach? Is it necessity? Is it the result you are really interested in, that that's the kind of the way you like to do things? Why why that more DIY approach? Yeah, I guess it started as necessity. Um, as a metal, local metal bands, you're always low on cash. Um, so that's why we would have started it and then just we've been a band for quite a number of years now so just learning things as we go and at this point it's just more because we enjoy it and we enjoy learning stuff Um, but also it gives us a bit more control over everything Uh, our drummer Ash has been getting pretty keen into the recording over the last few years he did uh, the Forge and Flame recording most of it and uh, he was super eager to try and do a better job this time around um and, yeah, I guess just when you're recording yourselves, especially you're not on the clock and, uh, yeah, not rushing through things, trying to get things finished by the end of the day or whatever. Um, so just take as much time as we need and be more creative. With the album, like, how do you guys come together and write it? Is there primary songwriters? Is there sort of you write stuff separately and bring it together? How, how does that all work within the band? Yeah, I guess it's always a bit different with different songs and different albums. Uh over the years, we've gone through a few different ways of doing that. This one, I guess, um, has been more involved from all the band members, I'd say. So um, everyone's kind of got, quote-unquote, their songs um, that they start with or have some ideas. And then, you know, maybe two of us will get together or three of us will get together and just expand on the ideas that we've got. Uh, and then we'll all get together for rehearsals and that and just see what works. Uh, and then, yeah, before you know it, sort of got a whole new song. Not never really comes out the way you first intended to, and it always ends up sounding like Claim the Throne, despite who started writing it. Um, oh. So yeah, it's been a bit more of a collaborative effort this time. 
Oh, that's really good to hear. I love, I love that you sort of talk to bands after a couple of albums, and you always hear collaborative, which I mean, is, it's kind of a bit of a buzzword. But it's like, the, the, it's a buzzword for a reason. It's a good, it's a good word. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a good balance of both is good because sometimes you don't want too much collaborative, too many chefs spoil the broth, as they say. Mm. Um, but I think you know, if someone comes up with the main ideas and then everyone contributes to making it the best song it can be, that's a good way to do it. How do you personally write? Like, let's say you take you separate away from band. How do you kind of generate ideas, come up with riffs, whatever your process is? How does that all work for you? Uh, it can be a few different ways. I'd say most often it's just from jamming on the guitar and coming out with a few ideas. Um, and then when you step away from the guitar, those same riffs or songs, ideas that you've been coming out with will get stuck in my head. And then I'll sort of think about things throughout the day and then when I get to the guitar again I've sort of got some more ideas I want to work on uh, and then just sort of start putting the ideas together build a bit of a structure for the song uh, and then yeah I personally lay demos as I'm going so as I'm writing guitar riffs I'll uh, record them into just my laptop at home and then sort of copy and paste stuff move it around see what works um, you know which sections go good before and after one another, and then I always just do some mock vocals, like just do random screaming and whatever and no real words, and then I'll put lyrics to it later, and sometimes it's just whatever my weird screaming sounds like, I'll put a word to that, and then, yeah, I guess that just gets the creative juices going and uh, go from there, and it, yeah, sometimes it just writes itself and sometimes it doesn't work, uh, but yeah, it's pretty much the way I go. I really feel like you kind of hit your stride in the last album. It was just really smooth. I think I think thought everything really just worked and kind of fell together really nicely. But saying that, like, do, do you sort of look back on the previous album and say, "Oh, we should have done that." That we or maybe we want to change this. Do you kind of look at all at the previous album and use that to kind of think about how you're going to make the next one? We do. We do um, for sure. There's always things that you're never totally happy with and trying to improve on the next time. But at the same time, what's in the past is done. Um, and it just sort of depends how the new album's coming along at the time and just whatever works best for that as well. Um, I know definitely from a recording point of view, um, Ash, I mentioned, does the recording. He's always got different things he wants to try or sounds he wasn't happy with last time that he wants to work on more. Um and sometimes it's just the how we went about everything. Just I guess last time, or, the, or a couple of albums ago, we felt a bit rushed, and this time we just tried to make it a bit more of a fun, positive environment as we're recording, and I think it comes across in the recording. You got two guests on this record now. How do you, yeah. A couple of questions relating to that. How do you gotta, uh, go about deciding we want some guests? How do you choose where they're going to go, which song, etc. And, like, how do you go about choosing who's going to fulfil that role? Yeah, we've never done it before. Um, so it was just a bit of a spare-of-the-moment thing this time. I guess this is probably an example of something, just wanting to try something that we haven't done before. And uh, we've got a fellow Perth metalhead called John Ryan from a band called Suffering Rot. He's got a really brutal death metal voice, like Cannibal Corpse style, um, which is something we just thought would be quite interesting being that we're kind of a folk metal band, not as heavy as a brutal death band, but just hearing how those sounds would mix. And we actually just chose him, purposely chose him for the slowest um, 
I guess, yes, yeah, sort of most slowest, epic, least heavy song in the album, and then put his really heavy death metal vocals on just to get that contrast. And I uh, think yeah, that was just a, an interesting experience, and I think it worked out pretty well, made that song a lot heavier, and uh, yeah, definitely sound different to a lot of the stuff we've done before. And uh, yeah, we also had a guest guitar solo uh, from a friend of ours called Dean, who's recently joined Vital Remains, also a death metal band. Um, he joined them a year or two ago. Uh, we've toured in the States with his other band called Primal Frost, so we met him that way. And we just, uh, that, we sort of even got the idea on that because we had a song uh, that he performs on in this one that we couldn't actually, we didn't just have this vacant spot in the song that needed a guitar solo, and we hadn't written one yet. And we were like, let's get someone else to do it. He was just the first person that came to mind, and there we go. Yeah, we're pretty happy with it. You mentioned like the the, uh, the brutal death metal and kind of that being you know different to your style. One thing that was really fascinating to me is going re going over your songs, listening to them just so I'm ready for the interview was I think it's Essence of a Scorch Realm from um, the last album. That has <laughs> that has a slam in it, if I'm not mistaken. And that was fascinating to me. <laughs> could you uh, could you talk a little bit about how that came about? Because slams in a you know folky sympho. Uh, melodic death metal stuff is I, I I don't know if that's been done before. Yeah, well that was kind of the idea. We hadn't heard anything like that really. I mean, you get the uh, folk metal bands that will cross their stuff with like black metal, for example, but not really brutal death style. So uh, yeah, that was half the thinking, just trying to do something a bit unique, seeing how it would work and what people would think of it. Um, but also that mostly came about I think from our bass player Jim, who's a major brutal death metal head. And uh, he's always writing crazy slam riffs, and we all think it's pretty funny. And um, we just hear him mucking around sometimes in the jam room, and we're like, let's just use that riff and see how that works with like upbeat, folky keyboards with a really crazy, heavy guitar riff. Um, so it was just a bit of fun, but um, I guess as you can tell from the, uh, the album progressions, we've got a little bit heavier anyway, so it was, yeah, partially intentional as well, I guess. Well, let's talk about that too, as well. Um... It's it's fascinating, kind of looking over the career of a band who's gone through like significant changes. It's not like you know every band tends to progress, but you've gone through significant changes from um, the debut to the second. Could, could you talk a little bit about that? Like what happened between those two? Kind of a shift towards a kind of uh, you 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 tell us you tell us what you think about that shift. Yeah, I guess um, with the first album was just I don't know. It was just our first batch of songs and it was just sort of mucking around and, and having fun, having a jam and that was pretty much the style of music that we were going for um, so a bit of folk viking stuff that we were interested in the time and also a bit of like sort of stuff and melodic death um, that we were into so we liked that crossover uh, but yeah that first album was delivered pretty poorly, recording wasn't very good, the performance of all the musicians was pretty bad so we just made a conscious decision of needing a bit of practice in the studio and songwriting and just becoming better musicians and that sort of thing. Uh, so that next EP was pretty much for that reason. Um, so we just wrote some easier songs to play, uh, easier structures, and wanted to just get into the recording studio to practice a bit. So it's just a short EP um, for that purpose. We also didn't have a music video, so we wanted a chance to do that as well. So we did our first video with that one. Uh, and those songs sort of took off a bit and um, probably owed that a bit of our popularity to that. 
Um, so, yeah, catchy and good live and people like to party to that sort of thing. Uh, but then, yeah, we couldn't sort of keep writing music like that. So, yeah, it just wasn't really what we were totally into. So the next album was kind of like a combination of the first album and the, the folky EP, I guess. Uh, and, yeah, it's just been a bit of a progression from there, sort of gradually heavier, but at the same time, still pretty epic, and we've still got all the folk melodies and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I guess I hate to use the word maturity, but maybe that, just uh, just whatever we're interested in at the time, whatever comes out. Uh, but, yeah, it has been a bit of a progression. It's been a wild ride. You're up for, I believe it's two West Australian Music Awards. Talk a little bit about that. That's really that's really exciting. Uh, yeah, so I, um, yeah, there's a like, industry body over here called Wham West Australian Music, and it's yeah, it's good having someone like that uh, supporting the local scene. Uh, they do sort of a, a, a different a festival once a year. They do a conference with uh, a lot of big name music speakers, um, and all sorts of different ways to uh, support local acts and also acknowledge them as well and they do that by the awards they do that uh, every year and yeah I think just with like the different genres and categories that they have the awards for they pick uh, a panel of people to who are um, into that genre to make nominations uh, and so yeah we've got a couple in that we've got best music video which is really cool because that's only just come out and best live act I think so uh, yes, yeah, really cool, and there's uh, I've noticed a whole bunch of other uh, newcomers in Perth as well in the metal scene. So it's good to get a bit of uh, recognition for local metal guys as well as the other genres. You're going to be, as I mentioned up top, playing with Winter Sun. Um, I don't know if it's specifically to you guys, but it's definitely listed as one of sort of the band's influences. What is it like playing with sort of a band that's been you know influential you know, on, on you guys? Yeah, super exciting. Definitely will, uh, will absolutely be one of the highlights of our career, for sure. Uh, every one of us in the band are a super massive fan of Winston. Oh, and they have been, yeah, definitely one of the biggest influences for us, so it's a, a big deal, for sure. Um, yeah, when we've done a few other support acts over the years, but, uh, yeah, this is probably probably a big one, but it's, it's a bit of a weird thing because sort of just half concentrating on doing a really good set ourselves and making a good impression, but also... Um, we just sort of want to watch them play, drink and enjoy watching Winter Sun every night. So, uh, yeah, from every angle, it's really awesome. Well, something that really caught my eye was you've got a number of podcasts sort of between the band members, um, the, the Claim of Throne Blodgecast, Band Tools and Making Music. How, how did you guys kind of get involved in making podcasts? Yeah, we started that uh, a few years ago now. We've got just about 100 episodes, which uh, has been crazy. It's still going along. And it just started because myself and our drummer Ash uh, were both heavy podcast listeners ourselves a few years ago, and um, we're just sort of throwing around a few ideas of how we could do our own, and we sort of noticed that no other bands were really doing that, and it could be um, just a different way to promote your music and give people a bit of a uh, insight into what happens behind the scenes in bands. And, uh, yeah, so we started that, and it, it went pretty well. I think... Um, it was like a good way for us to make a bit of a, like a studio diary, a tour diary, that sort of thing, without having to do too much writing or boring stuff. It was just us chatting about it and um, recording it for for future journals and stuff to look back on. But also, it was, yeah, it was a really good marketing tool. I guess 
sales went up a bit and gigs turnouts were gone pretty well. Um, yeah, and I guess it's just gone from there. Now it's like we're just really keen on using that platform as a way of teaching other people uh, what we've done and how they can learn from our mistakes. And it's been really fun like that, and that's why we've sort of started these offshoot podcasts, uh, Fan Tools and Making Music. So I'm really big into like the marketing and management side of things. Ash is big into recording. Uh, and, yeah, so it's just... Yeah, it's fun. We learn as we go, and yeah, it's great meeting more people and chatting to people about topics that we enjoy talking about. Uh, and yes, yeah, encouraging other musos not to give up and learn things and walk them through the process. So yeah, just something we really enjoy. Uh, I'm, I'm currently actually working on uh, getting up a podcast. Any any advice? Okay. <laughs> uh, just uh, just talk about what you're passionate about. Don't try and uh, make some sort of fake podcast just because you think it's popular if you're going to be good at talking about it which I'm sure you will being an interview dude um, <laughs> then yeah I'd say half talk from the heart but half also be a bit planned I don't think it's good to script anything that you want to write but I think it's really good to have dot points um, and topic ideas that you can refer to as you go because uh, yeah you want to sound like a, a good speaker you want people to be able to understand you and relate to what you're saying um, but you also don't want to sound like a robot and uh, just in, yeah, interact with your audience, find out what they want to hear from you, take their feedback. You'll get good and bad feedback, so just take <laughs> it on board and improve as you go and stick it out. And yeah, it might take might take a year, might take two years until you get good. But, yeah, hold out and you'll get there. Awesome. I appreciate the advice. Now, when did you start listening to music? Oh, I reckon primary school, sort of like late primary school, I was getting into... Uh, the grunge scene a little bit and Triple J sort of stuff. Uh, and then through high school, just gradually got into the more heavier things as well. Uh, and yeah, went from there. What about the f- sort of folk influence music? Yeah, that was sort of late high school. Uh, I remember listening to a local metal radio show, actually, and they played a band called Subodakra that I'd never heard before. I was into, like, your new metal and I was into... Yeah, thrash and all the usual stuff, but I just heard this really crazy music of these like catchy melodies and uh, mixed with heavy stuff. And yeah, they're still one of my favorite bands to this day. And yeah, as you start researching these bands, it always just takes you on a wormhole into mm. a crazy style of music, and you find all these different bands doing different things, and it just sounded like yeah, a really unique style of music that was uh, refreshing to hear. So what was it about it that you made you want to actually kind of play it? Oh, I don't know. It's just fun to write catchy melodies, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just, well, I guess, uh, the first founders of the band would just muck around with music, and that's just what we came out with because we are all sort of listening to that at the time. Um, so it wasn't really a conscious decision as such, but uh, just... Yeah, like a natural thing because we just enjoyed the catchy melodies, but we also loved heavy music. Mm. Um, when did you start playing guitar? Uh, when I was about 12, I think. Uh, my parents forced me into learning the acoustic guitar. I hated it and I was at it for a few years. And <laughs> one day, uh, just sort of clicked when I started listening to metal, actually, and I started understanding how cool guitar was, really. <laughs> mm. uh, and what about you? Yeah, when did you start singing? 
never, really. Um, <laughs> that was an accident because we just never got a vocalist. And so I just sort of started mucking around in the rehearsal studio as we were writing songs. And I enjoyed it. And I didn't even realise I could play guitar and sing at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I was just excited to use that as a platform to practice a bit. And here we are today. One of the things that's really interesting to me is the fact that Australia doesn't have like those kind of very European genres like power metal and folk metal haven't really made like massive inroads here if you know what I mean I do yeah Europeans are crazy for that stuff yeah why do you why do you think that is I reckon because they have so many huge awesome metal festivals over there and uh, folk metal and power metal are really good live genres, I guess. And, uh, you know, the Germans and all the yeah, Europeans have those sing-along ballads and they link arms and they dance and that sort of thing. So they, yeah, they love seeing those sorts of bands play at the festivals, where over here we don't really have that thing. Uh, so I guess, yeah, we just stick to the traditional genres and bands just play music that is safe and they know they'll get a few fans and people listen to music, but safe and, yeah, I guess there's just not so much variety and opportunities in terms of the type of gigs that happen. Uh, do, do you think also maybe Australians are in, in a weird kind of way? Because I don't... We often sort of, sort of project ourselves as very kind of, um, I don't know, not caring what other people think, but do you think we're a bit self-conscious in that way? Like, you know, the, the singing, the dancing in that very ostentatious way. Do you reckon we're a bit self-conscious? Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fair comment um, because you go to the gigs here and people sort of just stand and cross their arms and watch the bands, which is fine. I do that as well. But, um, but in Europe, they they, uh, they throw back the beers and just go wild and I don't care what people think. Um, it's pretty obvious. So, yeah, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> you kind of, like, heading in this direction, like, when you kind of thought of this album, like, what were you aiming to do? Like, if it's a success, what were you aiming for this album to be? Uh, I guess we just wanted to solidify, firstly, a bit of a sound for ourselves. Um, like you said, there's been that bit of a progression, so we just wanted to get a sound that was uniquely claim the throne that we were really happy about. Um, we also wanted to have an album that was a bit more focused on like an Australian vibe I guess as opposed to sounding too much like a European ripoff. so it's a bit of a concept album based on the Australian desert and that bleak sort of feel um, and in terms of like personal band goals we were hoping to get like a major label signing to be able to play festivals in Europe we didn't really have too much luck with that um, so we just stuck with the independent DIY release but uh, we're still hoping to do a lot more touring to some areas we haven't been before and hopefully play some more big scale stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's off to a good start with the Winter Sun Tour, obviously. And uh, we're playing with them in Japan as well, which we're pretty stoked about. And yeah, next year we'll be sure to make our first trip to Europe. And yeah, do a few other things and just hopefully people dig the album. Claim the Throne, releasing their fourth studio album on Desolate Plains on October 13th. And they'll be supporting Winter Sun in Australia and playing in Melbourne at Max Watts on the 2nd. Brendan, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. You're my first non-kind of that slice of Australia that's in AEST or AEDT timeline. So I, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you, uh, you talking to me. Yeah, 
No worries. We're going to get you to bed. Must be getting late. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks heaps for having me. I really appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, it's been great to talk to people about the new claim of Thronel. Thanks for listening to the Moshpit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsin and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Samantha from Flash Gun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls Go. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman of the Misfits. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moshpit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Raoul from 1449. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Sims.